Well, I have one question uh, today, and it's this. Why is following Jesus so hard? Can you tell me? No, we'll talk about it. Uh, Why is following Jesus such a challenge? You know, I watched that video, and it's so inspiring. 125 people making a decision to enter into the relationship for the rest of their lives, for all of eternity, with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's amazing, and it it always takes me back to the moment where I made that decision for myself. I was in 10th grade. I went to Countryside High School right down the road. And at that time, uh, we didn't have the facilities we did at, uh, at Harborside. We actually didn't go to the beach for the baptisms. We went to another church because they had this uh, baptistry that we used there. And I'll never forget. It was such a big moment. I wanted to enter into this relationship. I made a huge decision to uh, give my life to Christ and I got baptized, and I remember walking out of the baptistry and up, this, uh, up the row, and there was this girl that I went to high school with that I didn't know very well, but she was a Christian that went to Harborside. And I walked up to her, and I was expecting high fives, celebration, hugs, excitement about my decision. But what happened was she comes up to me, she looks at me, she goes, Griffin, you got baptized? I'm like, what is my reputation in high school right now, right? And so, of course, I never talked to her again. That was rude. Um, I think I'm joking. I was spiteful back then. So, but, but I just remember my, my expectation from that moment forward. I mean, truly, I, as a 10th grader, I expected God to bring blessings and favor to my life from that moment forward, Right? I mean, didn't you, when you became a Christian, didn't you kind of expect life to get a little bit easier or maybe a a little bit less confusing than it was before? Uh, Man, I expected money and scholarships and big houses and nice cars and a pretty wife, which I did get, but the other stuff I'm still waiting for, right? So I just just kind of anticipated if I'm going to give my life to Jesus— and enter into a relationship where I'm walking in step with God, that he's just going to provide, that it's going to be good. God's going to be for me. He's going to be with me. He's going to make a path for me. Everything's going to be steady and great and peaceful as we move forward. But how many of you know that's just not how it works, right? Should we clap for that? I don't know if we should clap. But I do want to talk a little bit honestly about how faith is a journey, about how as we enter into this relationship with God, it's not always as easy as we'd like. So in my, in my world, five years after I got baptized, we lost our, my grandfather, who was kind of a linchpin of our family, to cancer. I broke my ankle in college and couldn't play the sport that I went to college for, couldn't play soccer for over six months knocked me out. Relationships didn't go very well. Some things fell apart. Uh, An internship I wanted fell through that I thought was, I was being led to. And just, it seemed like after I started this journey of faith, it didn't get easier. It actually seemed to get a little bit harder. My expectations were, hey God, I'm with you now, so come on, bring it. It's going to be good. Let's, Let's bring the blessings and And it became a tough reality to realize that this was going to be a journey. And the journey of faith is going to be up 
and it's going to be down. It may be confusing. It may be challenging. And so today, I want you and I to walk through a story in the Old Testament that you probably know pretty well. It's the story of Israel being led through the Red Sea. Now, if you've grown up in Bible studies or Sunday school, you've heard that story. Maybe if you haven't been in church, you've probably heard the parting of the sea and Israel walking through it. But I wonder if you've ever stopped and seen yourself in the journey that Israel goes on. Because as I read this story, I find myself seeing the same elements that they went through that was challenging and confusing and difficult, but ultimately incredible. I believe you and I are walking the same journey of faith that the nation of Israel found themselves in thousands and thousands of years ago. And I just want to have an honest conversation about how this faith journey is not always easy. But if you and I continue to move forward, we're going to see God continue to work in and through our lives in amazing ways. Does that sound good? We ready for that journey? That's when you clap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let me, let me give you some context. We're in the book of Exodus, okay? And Exodus is where Moses has been appointed the leader of the nation of Israel. And here's the thing. If you did like an Ancestry.com search through the, the nation of Israel back in that time, what you would find is that parent after grandparent after great-grandparent all the way down the line for four hundred years, this nation of Israel was under slavery, under the most powerful nation, the most powerful leader, the Pharaoh of Egypt, the world had ever seen at that time. They were slaves under the oppression of Pharaoh for 400 years, generation after generation, just steeped in the oppression under Egypt. And so finally, we've come to the moment in the nation of Israel where God kind of answers the cries of the nation sees them in their peril, appoints Moses to step up to Pharaoh to speak to him and say, God's going to lead us out. You better do it or God's going to bring some things you don't like. And of course, Pharaoh didn't listen to God and Moses and he kept doing it. And so God brings these 10 plagues. How many of you have heard of the 10 plagues? So God brings the plagues and it culminates in what's known as the Passover. Everyone say Passover. The Passover is essentially where God told the people to put the blood of the lamb around their door, doorposts. And the angel of, of death, the angel of judgment, is going to come and he's going to bring incredible judgment onto the nation of Egypt. But he's going to pass over the Israelites because they have been faithful to put the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice, which essentially represents a salvation story. It, it's, it's the sign of the nation of Israel's salvation, which releases them from oppression and slavery into the freedom, into a new life with God. I mean, this is a huge moment, 400 years of buildup, and now Israel gets to be freed from oppression. And you've got to think, as a parent, as a grandparent, as, as a son and a daughter, the excitement level at that moment when they're ushered into a new journey, into a new place, led by the Almighty God who has now saved them. You've got to think. They're excited, right? I mean, they're excited for what's ahead. The grass is greener on the other side of our slavery. God is going to lead us into blessing and a promised land and a new land, and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be great. But how many of us know, just like you and I have found, the journey for Israel 
was up and down, and it was challenging. And so we're going to step foot into Exodus chapter 13, and I want to encourage you to see yourself in the midst of their journey, and hopefully we'll leave today seeing what God wants to do for you is the same thing he's done for Israel in this story. So let's kick it off. We're going to talk about three challenges that they face in this journey. In Exodus 13, 17, here's the first hurdle. So when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. And so right away, at the beginning of this journey, here's what God does. He leads his people the long way. Now, as human beings, right, when you want to go somewhere, maybe like you want to go to a new restaurant in Tampa or somewhere you've never been, what do you do? You get out your GPS, you plug in the location on your phone, and what does it do? It gives you not just one way to get there, one route, it gives you three or four, right? But it highlights the faster way. And unless you're weird, you take the faster way. Am I right? Like, nobody wants to get in the car and go the long way. Like for me, with four kids, five and under, just getting them in the car seat is a win for the day. Praise the Lord. I don't care where we're going. Are you buckled? We've done well today, all right? And so we don't want to go the long way. We don't want traffic. We don't want to stop. We want to go. We want to get there, and we want it to be on time. But immediately for the nation of Israel, God leads his people the long way. And, And I wonder... If some of us in the room today, in our relationship with God on this journey of life and faith, how many of us feel like God's got us on the long road? The, the long road to happiness, the long road to blessings, the long road to financial freedom, the long road to a better career path, the, the long road to health, the long road to starting a family. The long road to getting married, you see where I'm going? It's how often do you and I find where we're saying, hey God, I love a shortcut to blessings. I've got a plan and I've got dreams and I want to get there and it takes money and it takes, I, I want this to happen, but why does it seem like, hey God, why are we on the long road? Because if we're honest, the long road is exhausting and the long road is confusing and we're wondering, hey God, if we're following you and you've brought us into this place in this journey, why is it taking so long for good things to happen? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever wondered why God isn't leading you quicker to where you wish he would take you? And immediately in the journey, Israel's going, we, we've got to go the long way. And so why is this faith journey hard? Because sometimes God has us on the long road to where we want to be. But what is he doing? Here's what it says as you continue to read. So God tells Moses, if they face war, then they may change their minds and return to Egypt. And, And listen to the contradiction of what God sees versus what the Israelites see. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. But the Israelites, listen to this, they went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Do you see the contradiction? 
God sees that if they face war, they may turn around and stop following him, but the Israelites think, we're ready for battle. We're ready for a fight. And I just, I think that this faith journey, sometimes we got to believe that God sees far beyond what you and I see, and we may think we're ready for something, but God sees tomorrow, he sees next week, he sees next year, and sometimes the journey of faith is realizing that God knows way more than you and I do today. Amen? But it's hard because we want what we want right now. And God's going, hold on a second. If we go that route and we get that and you go through that, you may turn around, you may walk away from me, but I see your journey not just today, but for years to come. I have the path set out for you. And and the life of faith is realizing that God's ways are above our ways, even if it takes longer. And it's hard when we want what we want and we want to get forward and be blessed But right away, Israel's struggling with having to wait and go the long way to blessings. But God sees what they don't see. And here's what it means. It's what seems like confusion may actually be God's protection in our lives. And so today, you may be wondering, where's God? What's God doing? Why isn't he showing up in this moment? It may just be that God's protecting you from something that you're not ready to battle against. But that's the life of faith. It's trusting him every step of the way that he knows what you need when you need it. And so it continues. And what happens is the nation of Israel is actually led to the Red Sea. And it's weird because God has them camp at a dead end. They go to the sea and it says they're hemmed into this place. There's only one way out. And so if, if an army comes against them, there's nowhere to go. They'd have to fight or they'd have to, something miraculous would happen. God tells them to camp in this place where there's nowhere for them to go or escape. And it leads us into the next challenge, which is this. Here's what, here's what God says to Moses. He goes, all right, Moses, I know I've just freed you from the grips of Pharaoh and slavery, but hey, aren't you excited? I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and now he's going to come after you. Praise God, right? It's like, hold on. You just, 10 plagues. Like, just imagine all these, God has done this all to free them from slavery. Now they're outside of Egypt. And now God's going, hey, Moses, hey, they're going to come back and get you again. Have fun. And it's like, have you ever been in a time where you're like, God, what what are you doing? Why does it have to be like this? And what we learn from this, this is the challenge we face, is that in our lives, their, their past is pursuing them. And I wonder how much, for you and I, how much we struggle with this, that even though maybe you've given your life to Christ, you've had that baptism moment, we celebrated, but isn't it true that it's so hard to run away from who we used to be? Doesn't it feel like sometimes that, yes, I'm forgiven and God loves me, but man, I I don't feel good enough to truly follow him. I I still have some challenges that I face from the past, some some tendencies that I fall back into, and and we struggle with who we used to be versus who God is leading us to be. And oftentimes it feels like on this journey forward with God, we're wearing the backpack of our past that continues to weigh us down as we try to move forward. Or for some of us in the room, We've had so many things happen to us in the past. It's hard to find forgiveness. It's hard to find freedom from what's 
occurred in our lives and what people have said and what they've done and we've been let go from the job and how do we move on from these things and we're trying to reconcile our past with where God wants to take us in our future. And it feels like the past continues to pursue us on this journey. Have you ever felt like that in in your life? And in this story, God is allowing their past to chase after them. What is he doing? And so he shows us in this next, this is amazing. In verse 4, it continues, it says, But Moses, I will gain glory. Everyone say glory. glory. Say glory. glory. It says, Moses, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And so the Israelites did that. Here's what God's saying. God uses our past to bring him glory. What you think disqualifies you from being a good person or a good follower of Jesus or what you think you've done that's just so bad and it weighs you down that you can't seem to overcome or you can't seem to move forward with, God is so good, church, that he will take all that you've done and all that you've been through and he'll release you from it, but it'll stay with you because God is going to use it to bring glory to himself. Do we see that? God can take all of what we've done. Like if we listed all the stuff we'd done and we've, we'd be here all day. And I don't want to share that stuff with you personally today from this stage. But if we did that, we'd feel, I mean, it's just like so much. And that's what makes God's salvation so beautiful. That he's released you and forgiven you for, for it. But God is so good that he'll turn your mess into your message. He'll turn your trials into your testimony. And so it's not like we just forget about it. God wants to take all that you've been through and all that he's forgiven you for, and he wants to use it to bring glory to himself. That's how good he is. And see, as much as we try to run away from it, God's going, hold on a second. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it for my victory. But it's hard when it seems like our past pursues us. And so then it continues. And the story happens. It actually, the the, uh, Egyptians come after Israel. They're coming. I mean, there's thousands. Just imagine you're camped out by the ocean waiting for God to move. And then all of a sudden, you have thousands of soldiers coming for you. You can hear it in the distance. You've got chariots and and horses and soldiers and Pharaoh is coming. And at the very least, they're going to pull you back into slavery to your past. At the very worst, they're going to kill all the Israelites. And that's what's coming at them. This is going down right now. And here's the third challenge we face. See, they start, to, they start to struggle with this idea. And Israel says to Moses, Hey, Moses, didn't we say to you in Egypt, just, just leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Just let us be slaves. Let us just stay where, we's, where we've always been. Would it have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert? And here's what it tells us about our journey is that fear always points us backwards. The fears of our lives, of all that we face, can cause us to look backwards wondering if this journey is worth it. And if we were honest, what we really ask ourselves in the midst of the the challenges of life, the question we're really asking, is God going to come through for me? 
That's the question, right? Because fear sets in, and it feels like with our money, or with our marriage, our relationship, with our children, with our future, with our careers, that when it's not going the way we want it to go, and it's hard, and we're questioning, and we're confused, and God, are you going to come through for me in this moment? Or do I just have to figure this out on my own? And here's what's interesting about it. We'll learn this in a second. But the Israelites are thinking that they're going to have to fight this battle alone. The reason fear sets in is because Israel thinks they have to fight this army and they know they're going to lose. But how many of us know that God sets it up to where they don't even have to fight the battle because he's going to be the one to fight the battle for them to bring victory through them? Can we clap for that? That's so good. Because some of us in this, in this room... Fear is setting in and we're, we're thinking about going backwards and questioning our faith in God because we've been fighting the battle on our own. We've been trying to fix everything on our own and we're wondering why God's got us in this place when God is seeing us to a place where he is going to bring his victory to us. And so if fear points backwards, watch what Moses does. He answered the people, Do not be afraid, but stand firm, and you will see the deliverance. Everyone say deliverance. Deliverance. Say deliverance. Deliverance. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Can I just tell you today that if you feel like you're on the long road to where you want to be, if your past is pursuing, if you feel like the fear of your life is setting in, God is leading you to a place of deliverance. I want to encourage you that God is leading you to a place. He proved it. Here's the thing. He proved it in the Passover. He saved them from slavery. So it comes down to the point as they walk through this journey and the enemy's coming again, will God come through for me again or not? And for those of us that have been in the place, we've had our salvation moment. God has saved us from our sin through Jesus Christ. We've had the baptism moment. As we step forward in faith, do we trust and believe that we have a God who will continue to deliver his people? And that becomes the challenge of our walk and our journey with him. But see, Moses sees it. He sees it. He speaks it over them. The Egyptians you see today you'll never see again. Listen to his words. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And so then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. You know what I see in this moment? Every single one of us in this room needs a Moses. Because when fear sets in, you and I need someone to speak faith into our fear. Do you notice that God speaks after faith is spoken over the fear? Just catch that. Moses speaks faith into the fear of his people, and then God says, time to move forward. It's faith that moves them forward. Fear points us backwards. Faith will always allow you to move forward. Faith will always allow you to move forward. And so we come to the moment that we all celebrate what God's going to do. The enemy's coming. And the journey's been hard, but let's look at what God's going to do for his people in these next few verses. It says, Then the angel of God, who'd been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. So what God has done is he's put himself between his people 
and their enemies. Church, God wants to put himself in between you and all that you are battling against. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Continues, throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither the other went near each other all night long. So what's he saying? That he separates us from all that's coming at us from our past. Even though it feels like it's trying to pull you back, the fears, the doubts, the stories we could all tell of what we've been through and what we've done, and all of that, God makes a way to separate you from that so that you can move forward in faith. That's what God wants to do. Secondly, it continues. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. God tells him to do this. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind, and he turned it into dry land. It's interesting. My, I always have my wife, Heather, read over the scriptures that I'm going to preach on. I love how she sees the word. I love having a female perspective. And she asked me, she goes, Griffin, did you ever notice that all of this happens at night? And I felt like a bad preacher. I'm like, no, I didn't. I think I fell asleep in Sunday school or something. I go, no, I didn't, I didn't catch that. And we, and we started to talk about how God sometimes works in our lives. And, and so I'm picturing, I'm putting myself in the story. I've got my wife and three daughters and a three-week-old son sitting at the, the edge of the water and watching God just, just separate this, the, this ocean and, and it's, at, it's dark and it's pitch black and I'm just in this moment with my family, my parents, my, my grandparents and, and it becomes the moment when it's, we're in darkness and we're trying to, to follow God and go where he's telling us to go but it feels confusing and it's hard to step foot where we've never been and the water's going and I hear the army behind me and it's, if I step in, what's gonna happen with the water? Should I take my family through this journey because it's been hard up to this point? Is God gonna see me through? And I, and I just, I read that it's at night. It's like sometimes God does the greatest miracles in our lives in the darkness. And sometimes you and I see God the most bring us through victory in the darkness of all that we go through in this world. Lisette said it earlier, this world has nothing to offer us compared to what God can do. And so he uses what we go through in this life to reveal himself to you and I. The problem is when fear sets in, a lot of us want to go backwards. And it doesn't make sense sometimes to step foot on the dry ground with the water on the sides. But when you and I step forward in faith, you see the miracles of God in your life. And so it's the moment. Do they keep moving forward when it's hard or not? The waters were divided and the Israelites, they went through. They went through the sea on dry ground with the wall of water on their right, on their left. Church, he guides us through the darkness. And I know, let's just be honest with one another. Some of you feel like you are in the midst of darkness today. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. It's been a rocky road with God. You're wondering, God, I gave you my life, put my faith in you. Now I'm trying to lead this family through, and there's darkness, there's enemies, there's fear. God wants to lead you through the darkness. But it's faith that keeps you moving forward. Finally, 
their enemies come for them. The Egyptians, they follow them through the dry ground. And it says God jams the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. The Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Can I just encourage you? This is what you want your story to be. God is fighting my battles for me. God is fighting for my past. God is fighting for me to move forward in my future. I thought I had to fight, but I've prayed and I've asked God into my money circumstance. I've prayed for my marriage. I've asked God to fight these battles. And what I want to see is that God is fighting on my behalf. You're not doing it alone. And when you walk on the journey of faith, what you have is the creator of heaven and earth that wants to enter into your darkness and lead you to his light through faith. Egyptians said they're fighting. He's fighting against us. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand again over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians, their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand and at daybreak, the light at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the darkness, the sea went back to its place. Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. This is a true baptism scene wipes away all of their past. It's done. And look at what happens. Water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of the Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and with a wall of water in their right and left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore at their feet past, their enemies, everything that brought fear was lying dead at their feet. That's what God can do for you and I. Do you see it? All that brings fear into your life, everything that's causing you to question and have confusion and doubts, God wants to bring it to death at your feet. He wants to show you how good he is. And if God is good enough to bring salvation into your life for all of your sins, he's good enough to deliver you from the darkness that you may find yourself in today takes faith to continue on in the journey. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they put their trust and faith in him and in Moses, his servant. Here's what God wants to do. He turns your obstacles and battles into miracles. Church, he turns your obstacles and your battles into miracles. Some of us, we feel like we're on the long road to blessings we've been waiting and we've been praying and we've been asking and we feel like he's silent I know that it's hard we've been struggling with fears and doubts and questions this story is simple the only thing Israel had to do was to choose to have faith to keep moving forward they didn't have to fight the Philistines they didn't have to fight the Egyptians all they had to do was to keep their faith and to watch the path God opens. So church, can we let your faith keep moving you forward? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know the journey is hard. But God is going to lead you to his victory. God is going to lead you to his victory. And I want you to be encouraged that if you keep walking in faith, you will see his mighty hand at work in your life.